Welcome to the Worship Place Podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. and repent and then the amplified adds this piece change your inner self your old way of thinking your sinful behavior seek God's will and then do the works that you had from the first so just to, to think of it this way if you can put that if you can put that map back on there that's it's like a cycle we all know and, and believe and I'm going to show you something they they use in organizations but it does apply it does apply spiritually and I'm gonna apply it spiritually and that simply is this the way that we see things the way that we see things has a direct impact on what we get the way I see something is actually how I end up it's the electricity in me the way I see things is actually impacts my behavior and my actions which in turn determines what I get or my results and so obviously the focus of our focus should be how we're perceiving things around us how I perceive the world how I'm looking at things because if I don't like where I'm at then I have to go back to maybe it's how I'm looking at things amen so, for example, if uh, I'll give you a paradigm that's scriptural. So, Philippians 4 and 7, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. So, if my perception is there's nothing 
that God can't do through me and with me, that's going to affect my behavior and how I worship, how I process trials and tests. And in turn, that reflects in my joy and living for God and the things that are happening to me as a result. Now, so we're going to talk about that, but the way that I see things around me, and obviously we get, so, we get inundated with so much input, it's very easy for us just to receive experiences and let them drive our mental map or the way we think and, and how we process. So I want to show you this up here and, and, um, and kind of give you an idea how this works. So at the top of this circular or this cycle here, you can see it says anchor principles. So that's the paradigm, the anchor principle. Now, our paradigm can either be determined by anchor principles or experiences, because I'm going to show you the difference. There are certain anchor principles that, that I'll talk about in just a second, and then there are experiences. Either one of those can drive who I become in God or in anything. And then, of course, um, this over here, you can't see it, but down here, this is actually action. I've got do here. So whatever is driving the way I think, it ends up how I behave and what I do. Okay? And then that in turn determines what I get right here. And then, of course, what I get goes back into, and it's like a cycle that just... You know, sometimes have you ever felt like you're in a cycle and you can't get out of it type thing? Well, sometimes that could be a, a paradigm that's not a kingdom paradigm. I'm just, I'm going around and around in a circle and I'm not getting anywhere. Well, I don't need to look at, well, what's happening, but I really need to look at what's driving what's happening and how I'm reacting to what's happening. Okay, so... Um, up here, you're going to see, this is, uh, I mean, no disrespect, but this is just in the literature. On the right is a picture of an older lady, elder, the wise one. And on the left here is a, is a sketch of a younger woman. Now, if you can see that, so this is the older woman, and on the top left is a younger woman. And so, in, in uh, years ago... They did an experiment, a professor did in a Harvard class, and what he did was, in the whole class, he had pretty good-sized cards that he handed out to half of the class he gave the younger, a card of the younger woman, and the other half of the class he gave a card or a rendering of the older woman. And he told him to turn it up, and he gave him 10 seconds to look at it. Look at it for 10 seconds, now turn it back in. What he found was that after 10 seconds, then he showed everybody the picture of the person in the middle of this graphic. And interestingly enough, those that saw the card of the younger woman saw the younger woman in this picture, and those that saw the card of the older woman saw the older woman in this and you can probably see both, and you've probably seen this before. I don't know if you can see kind of the outline, but here is the younger one. That's her eye, a little feather right there. 
her chin, and then for the older woman, this would be her nose, right? So the idea of this, what they got from this was simply to say that our experiences, our conditioning can affect what we see. So it's, it's based on, as far as human beings go, our experiences have a lot to do with what we end up seeing in life. And so part of what I wanted to share with you tonight was this idea of an awareness that we have to know as human beings that things in life that happen to us end up in a sense, if we allow it, it determines how we respond to everything. And so this is kind of a, 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 a system of, of growth. I've got a, a statement up here um, from, this is actually from um, the director of, of um, Ten Commandments, Cecil B. DeMille. And it goes to the idea of that top part. Because I believe the way the Lord wants us to, to approach life is to live it by anchor principles, not by experiences. Because all of us have a basket full of bad experiences. And those are the ones that we actually recognize as bad. Those that we don't think are bad actually could be keeping us or creating barriers for us in terms of living for God. Have you ever heard the old thing, well, this is just who I am? Right? This is just me. Well, the problem with that is me could be a problem. So when you come to the house of God and pastor's preaching on Sunday and the word goes out, Sometimes the ground in the soul is a little bit hard because it's just me. It's the way I am. And the challenge that the Lord gives us is, I don't want you to base your walk with me on what just happened to you. I want you to let your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, and what you expect from me on principles that are anchored and age-old and in my word. But it's easy to go the other way because that's just natural with us. So there are these anchor principles that really have nothing to do with how I feel at the time. It's an anchor principle. It doesn't matter how I feel. It really doesn't matter what happened at work today. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the house. It's an anchored principle. And whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong or whether I'm going through something that's going like hellfire itself... It doesn't matter because they're anchor principles that I'm going to stand on regardless. And when I stand on those anchor principles, it impacts how I behave. And then how I behave, I end up seeing the fruit of how I behave. And it all started with the anchor principle, the paradigm, how I saw the world. This is how I see it. And it's based on truth. It's not based on what I think at the time. It's not based on it's, it's none of that. It's an anchor principle. Um, you can see this. Cecil B. DeMille said, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments guy. I mean, not that because he said it, you need to go, oh, I'm in great admiration. But on the other hand, I think it's it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting remark about the commandments, the law. He said it's impossible for us to break the law. We can only break ourselves against the law. 
So what that implies is the law, if I were to say, well, I broke the law, that almost implies that the law was faulty to begin with and could be broken. God's law and God's word can't be broken or altered. It won't change. So it's an anchor principle. And everything in God's word is an anchor principle. So, so just at the start of this, the idea is there has to be in my walk with God this understanding and awareness that it really doesn't matter what's going on around me. God's word is full of examples. It's not about the experiences in life. It's about the anchor principles that guide my behavior and are a predictor of God's blessings in my life. So it doesn't matter what's going on. And so I want to take you through just a few scriptures and examples of this because we know that, that in God's word, the origin of any fruit that we produce comes from the heart anyway. The way we see things is really the origin of, of what kind of fruit we produce. Jesus said in uh, Luke, and this is in Matthew, he said, the good person out of the good treasure of where? The heart. It starts with what's going on in the heart. Produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure. It's not that a person is just innately evil, but if my heart if, if what I'm processing is not anchored in God's principles, then guess what I'm going to produce? The antithesis of that which is good. If it's not anchored in God's word, and if it's not anchored. And so the, the paradigms are the mental maps. That perceptual framework can either be based on principles, anchored principles, or experiences. Obviously, we have good experiences, but the point is, is that some experiences or all of them are also based on feelings. So, uh, you know, we know, that. well, I don't feel that God loves me. Well, that's not a, a principle. That's not an anchored principle. Where is that in God's word? So I, I feel isolated. God doesn't care. He doesn't know where I am. That doesn't make sense. I'm letting my feelings then change how I view things instead of using an anchored principle that guides everything that I do. I know that the Lord would never leave me nor forsake me, so I'm not going to get in this, this trap of saying bad things are happening, therefore that means God doesn't care. That's, that's not right. That creates a false paradigm. But a kingdom paradigm says it doesn't matter the devil can throw all kinds of circumstances. I can go through the fiery furnace. Why do we have all these examples? I can go through the fiery furnace. I can go in a den of lions. It doesn't matter what's happening because the principle that guides my mental map and paradigm is higher than the earthly circumstances that I have to navigate. It just, it's got to be that way. There are, there are anchored principles about giving. What happens when you give? You give from the heart. You're going to get back. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's a principle. It's like gravity. Those who have been forgiven much do what? They love a lot. It could be that if I'm critical all the time, I need to get some love from the Lord. Because when you, get, when you feel blessed and when you get the goodness of God, you, you, you just love. When God forgives you, you know what it is to love. Hadn't been forgiven, I need to get forgiven and know what it is to love that way. 
So experiences alone can create inaccurate or false paradigms, not kingdom paradigms. We can get false or inaccurate paradigms about trials and affliction in relationships or God's will. An experience-based paradigm would not take an empty would not take a container of oil that is left. This is the last oil that I have to cook and take it and start pouring it out in different vessels. Experience-based paradigms don't do that. A principle-based paradigm would say, give me as many vessels as you can. Because I know if I pour out, I know that God's going to give back. If I praise when I don't feel good, I know something good's going to happen. Now, I'm not worshiping because I'm wanting something back. I'm not doing it for that. But I just happen to know the principle. When I give to God, when I behave in a way that shows gratitude to Him, He's going to give me more that I contain to be thankful for and to be grat- give gratitude for. When I get stingy with God on things, guess what? It's a principle. Well, I don't believe that stuff. Well, honey, you don't have to believe it at all. It's a natural law. But you're wrong. That's right. It works if you work it. If you don't work it, it's not working. Well, I wish someone would tell me what to do to get out of this. I am. You're thinking wrong about stuff. If what you're doing is not working, think about it differently. Well, I need God to change this. No, the Lord's saying the change is in you. Stop thinking of it the way you're thinking of it. I'm the answer to your problems. I'm the source. Praise God. I mean, experience-based paradigms would not take water and pour it in vessels to make wine. Right? But the principle is, if he tells me to do it, why would I not? Oh, because the Lord wants to make me look foolish. Where's the evidence of that in God's word? That is not a principle. The Lord never hurts us. He's never going to shame us. It's funny how what the devil does is try to give us thoughts and paradigms that apply more to him and not to God. And then I start projecting that stuff. No, that's, that's you, devil. That's not the other one. That's not the one I'm serving. That's you trying to say that God is stingy. No, you are. You want me to give everything to you and then rip my life apart and leave me with nothing. The Lord asked me to have a little seed of faith, and I can move a mountain with that. It's interesting, they had a study that was led by neuroscientists from NYU. This was in 2018. The study argued that humans recognize what they're looking at by combining current sensory stimuli with comparisons to images stored in memory. In other words, the things from the outside can affect the way I see things on the inside. Our findings provide important new details about how experience alters the content-specific activity in brain regions not previously linked to the representation of images by nerve cell networks. 
They go on to say the work also supports the theory that what we recognize is influenced more, listen to this, more by past experiences than by newly arriving sensory input from the eyes. This is exactly why we have to rebuke every single thought that tries to take us back to where we were before we found the Lord. That is nothing but an attack from the enemy. The past is gone. The Lord Jesus doesn't deal with the past except for the cross of Calvary and what it can do to change your future. But he'll never take you back in the past to shame you. All of that's over. It's gone. But the power of those past experiences, a lot of times, either at work and, and, you know, God help us. I have to pray. We all have to pray. God help me that what I'm projecting is not the flesh but rather you. Paul said to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 4, it's how I see things. He says, I've never considered affliction to be light. Affliction is affliction to me. Are you going through a trial? Yes, but it's an easy one. No, I've never said that. What kind of trial are you going through? Oh, this one's a light one. It's a featherweight, but I expect something a little bit heavier later on. He said, for this light momentary affliction. You see how he's seeing this? It's an anchor principle. The light momentary affliction is preparing for us. Whoever thought, I'm afflicted, but God's getting me ready for something. I I know years ago, and some of you, many may remember it, but years ago, I... I attended some small churches in my life, and actually I have seen this in larger churches too years ago. They used to have testimony service. Anybody remember that? Well, you may not remember this part. Have testimony service, and okay, someone stand up and say, I just want to give God praise because I've been beat up by the devil all day today. I'm so depressed, I just thank God. So what's your paradigm? Is it God or is it your depression? You're, being, you're operating, I just want to thank God that I made it here, but I am really low. And usually what pastors try to do is stop that as quick as they can and say, we're going to pray for you right now before you do any more damage to the other people sitting out there. We don't need damage control. There's enough of that for pastors anyway. They don't need any added damage control. Oh, let's have testimony service. Oh, my God, I want to go home. (laughs) We don't need any more of that, right? Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. That's why... You know, and I, I, love, I love our church, the, the worship and the praise. It's all, about, it's all about the goodness of God. I don't have to get depressed with you. I can do that on my own. I come here to get lifted up. Because there's a principle that says, With joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. The Lord does the opposite of the things the world does. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise. He said, this is a momentary affliction. He said, it's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen. Now, this is what we're looking at. 
This is an anchor principle. We don't look at external things. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. An anchor principle. You don't look at circumstances. I have them. I'm in reality. I know that I've got to somehow have this resolved and God has to help me. But I know I'm not in this alone. I'm going to try to be wise. I'm going to try to do the will of God. I'm going to try to pray about it. If I need to, I'll seek counsel from my pastor about it. But the bottom line is, I'm not going to look just at the thing that's out there. I'm going to look at something that's unseen. Because the things that are seen are transient. Who wants to base their life on something that's a breath of wind that's gone? I want to base it on something that's eternal. I'm going to stand on God's word. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's a kingdom paradigm. That's a kingdom mental map. I'm not going to get unsettled. And we all do this, but I'm not going to get unsettled to the point of my spirit is, is down and downtrodden because something happens in my life. Folks, there's stuff going to happen in all of our lives. It happens all the time, every week. How I respond to that is a reflection of the kingdom paradigm that I have or don't have. It doesn't mean children of God don't get discouraged. You do. You don't stay there. That's why if you see someone coming in the house of God and they're dancing, that doesn't mean everything's good. That means they're worshiping God above the problems that they may be navigating. If you run the aisle, you may need to run the aisle because you're going through a trial and you remember there is a God who's greater and higher and stronger and more powerful than your problem. Well, dance when everything's good. Well, that'll be about once a year. I just dance when everything's going great. Super. I'll see you next year. I come to church when everything's, you know, going well in the house. I may never see you. Anchor principles. And you know what? The people who live by anchor principles, the people who have that kingdom paradigm, guess what? Strong, steady, in the house of God. They're giving. God's blessing their homes. God's keeping them, blessing their family. Honey, they got more trials sometimes than you do, but they got a smile on their face, and they're always saying, God is good. I love him. I love the journey. It's been hard, but God's been good. He's always good. There's always something good coming out of their mouths. Oh, God, I, I wish I could do that. Honey, you can. Just reflect on what you're saying, what comes out of your mouth, instead of it being something that's a, a criticism or something that shows sadness or, or disheartenment. Honey, you need to give God praise. That'll change the outcome over here. I promise you that if you start out your day with an anchored principle, you'll end with a praise on your lips. Start out with a scripture and you'll end up you'll end up thanking God before you go to bed at night. You'll feel so good. You thank God you're good. I'm going to sleep good tonight. The Lord does that kind of stuff, doesn't he?
He does. It's interesting because a lot of times we, we, I don't know if it's spiritual hallucination or what it is. But sometimes we get God confused. I think, well, if I'm living for God, if the Lord was so loving, why am I going through this? That's a good one. Well, the disciples had this problem too. They confused Jesus with all kinds of stuff. Even apparitions. Right? Well, if it's God, I ought to know it right away. Really? Well, it's not his fault. It could be my eyes are the ones that aren't focusing right. You might be seeing the hand of God right now in your home or in your life, and you don't even know it. I'm being attacked by the devil. Well, you might be. But it could be that that's who you're looking for instead of the Lord, and he's actually the one knocking at the door. Well, let me give you a scripture. Matthew 14, 26. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. You're in trouble anyway. You're going to drown. They see. It says they saw him walking on the sea. They were terrified and they said, it's a ghost. They confused Jesus with a ghost. You know why? Because their paradigm, at that time, they defaulted back to the old fleshly paradigm. I'm afraid. And because I'm afraid, you know what I expect to see? I expect to see things that will even terrify me more. I expect the worst. I'm not looking for the goodness of God. You know the story about the guy who had a flat. He had a flat and there was no place around he could get help except a house way up a hill. He needed a jack. Couldn't change the flat. Probably took him an hour plus to get up the top, sweating, dragging his feet. And with every step he took, he thought, I don't even know why I'm doing this. If there's anybody home, they're not going to help me. By the time he got up there and knocked on the door and the person answered the door, he just said, well, I didn't want the jack anyway. (laughs) Turned around and left. I don't want your old jack anyway. You can keep it. Stand at the door. What? What? What happened? Because in our minds, we actually predispose ourselves to what we expect to see. I'm full of fear. I'm going to fail, God. But instead of rebuking the fear and remembering the principle in 2 Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear and to realize my response is not the right response, I need to get back to the anchored principle that God, you're with me right now. I may be in a den of lions, but I'm not afraid. God's not going to hurt you. God's not going to do you wrong. God's not going to shame you. What glory does it give to God for one of his children to suffer and to go into discouragement and depression? What glory does that give to God? It's almost like saying, well, God, you're not big enough. 
Jesus is, is beautiful as he always is, and he says to them, well, take heart. He doesn't, he doesn't chastise. You know, he could have. What's the matter with you? That's what we would do. Man, get up on your most holy faith. Come on, get with it. Get up here. And G- Jesus doesn't do that. He says, take heart. It is I. Don't be afraid. The Lord takes those temporary, those feelings, and sometimes those experiences, and he absorbs them and disengages them and arrests them with his kindness and his presence and his power. Because it doesn't take him as much effort to get us out as it took us to get in. It's easy for the Lord to speak the word and the sea is... I've worked so hard to get into my problem. God, can you at least show a little bit of effort here? I worked hard to get in this. Spend a little time. It can't happen like that. It can't happen with just a sermon. It can't happen with just a song. It can't, I can't get my freedom from a praise service. I've worked on this for 30 years. God, it's got to take longer, please. We don't try to hang on to stuff. And the Lord wants to say, I got a word for you. I got a sermon this morning. And, and when you hear that word, I'm going to deliver you. And I've been carrying so long, I, I just want it to take longer. I've got, a, I've got a miracle for you. I've got a word for you. I've got, I've got a, an encouragement for you. I've got a word of wisdom for you. I've got some help and strength for you. Oh, yeah. Whew, one breath and it's gone. God needs to be a little bit longer. Make it harder. I want to sweat at the altar. Sometimes we make it too hard. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a kingdom paradigm. God won't put more on you uh, than you can bear. Praise God. Let's stand. Praise God. Peter answers the Lord and says, Great service. This happened right after the, it's a ghost. He says, don't be afraid, I'm here. Peter's feeling the power. If it's you, call me out here on the water. I mean, you know, the power is there. If it, if it was a service, it'd be like, you can't lose. I, I just feeling it. He steps out on the water and everything's great. He's looking at Jesus and, and, and uh, the kingdom paradigm is standing right in front of you. He is the kingdom. And I can walk on water. I can do this. It doesn't matter. God, I can make it. I can do this. And then guess what he does? What, what we always revert back to. What's, what's implanted in our brains This is, I mean, you don't have to be a scholar of physics. Uh Uh-oh. This isn't supposed to happen. God, I I know what's happening. It's just me thinking myself that everything's going to be okay when really it's not. He would have calmed everything around me so I'd have had more confidence in him if it was God. So it must not be God. So therefore, fear takes a hold again. And what happens? 
he sinks. And out of fear, desperation, Lord, save me. Okay. I believe if he wouldn't have said anything, Jesus would have gone. Okay. Right? Kingdom principle. The Lord may have not put us in the tumultuous water, but he sure won't leave us there. God wants to draw every one of us out of whatever paradigm. If it's not an anchor principle, if it's not a kingdom paradigm, then the Lord wants us to take us from that. Defeatism. I can't live for God. I can't do this. I can't. Wait a minute. Who's telling you that? That's scriptural? Or is that you? I mean, every time we have services and... and you hear the word go forth about miracles, about what God's going to do. You think that's just really, oh, it's to make me feel good. Isn't he nice? That's God's word. What's preached in this church are kingdom paradigms. You hear enough about carnal fleshly paradigms out there. I don't come in here to hear that. What will change your life is to say, I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm not going to operate from a context of fear and doubt. I'm going to change the way I'm looking at this. God has placed me here at this time, at this part of my journey for a reason. And God, I'm going to give you praise for it. I'm going to give you praise for it. It doesn't matter what's going on. God puts you here at this point in time for a reason. So instead of questioning it, why don't you just give him praise for it and thank him. Let's do that right now. Let's give the Lord thanks and praise.